I was in the, in the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, as you've noted, ended up with post-traumatic stress as a result of that. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me, and I am your host, Angelica. This is a podcast that talks about a little bit of everything, so sit back and enjoy the show. And welcome back to another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. Today, my guest is an author of the book called You Are Not Alone, a number one Amazon bestseller. Also, he's a retired Royal Canadian Mountie Police Officer. Welcome, Doug, to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. And thank you for uh, having this opportunity for me. Oh my gosh, I'm excited because you are Canadian, so am I. Please introduce yourself to my listeners. Well, I'm I'm Doug Lawrence, and as you've already you know stated, I am the author of "You Are Not Alone." I I'm retired uh, from the police force in 1990. This is a test of my memory now. 1998, and I went into the private sector in '99, and I started my own business in the fall of 2009 focused on mentoring. And it was through that process that the uh, whole, the whole story of writing the book and what that meant and, and some of the discoveries along the way that came as a result of writing that book. That is fascinating. And how did this book start? What got you to writing this book? Tell me the process of it. So the, the, so I've written two books. I've I uh, wrote the book, The Gift of Mentoring, and that one was sort of the catalyst to to get things going. And that one came as a result of some of my mentors, some of my closest advisors and friends said, you know, you've been writing all these blog articles on mentoring. Why don't you consolidate them into a book? And we think it'd be a great book. And Sign Us Up will be one of the first ones to buy a copy of the book. And so I ended up, I, I did just that. I pulled all the material, all the content that I had into a book. And I, the book was called, uh, the title was The Gift of Mentoring. And it was basically Mentoring 101 as far as mentoring is concerned and as far as the book is concerned. And the same sort of thing happened to me when it came to You Are Not Alone was that a number of people said, you know, you're working with people with mental health challenges. I'll bet there's a book in there someplace and, and you should probably take a look at it. So I, I did just that. I did some research and I was looking at it from the aspect of, of uh, mentoring being part of the support structure for, for mental health, mental well-being. Because what I saw in my research that I had done was that there were the, the support structure was for the most part broken and people would sometimes fall through the cracks or something more serious would end up happening. And there wasn't, it didn't have to be that way. And so with the book, I thought I could at least, I could get the story out there. I could provide the support 
that we needed to move this forward to, to get it to a point where people say, ah, yes, we should have mentors as part of our support structure for mental health. I truly love that because, you know, I, I've spoken to a couple people about how we need to ask for help when we really need it. And we're always in that fear of either, I, I hate to use this, but like ashamed or scared in some sort of way, because it, between male and female, we have that strong dominantness in us. And I feel like when we're suffering, we don't want people to know that we're suffering, but we do need to create that mental health awareness and make sure to let people know it's okay. We we're human. We go through a lot of emotions. We go through a lot of things. And when we need help, we need to get it. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the, the things that I, I speak to a lot is that, and I use the analogy of, you know, it's, it's okay to come out of the closet and extend your hand and say, I need help to stay hidden in, in your closet, in your, in your room, whichever term you prefer to use, um, is not the answer to the, to the issue that we're dealing with here. So you, you, you do need to extend your hand and the, and it's a two-part equation where number one, I have to be comfortable extending my hand to ask for help. But at the same time, I also need to make sure that on the other end of that extension of that hand, there are people there that, that are willing to help and not sort of go, oh, I don't want anything to do with this person because, you know, they've got mental health challenges. So obviously, they must be a bit on the crazy side. So we'll just kind of stay away from them. And we'll, we'll let somebody else deal with it. And that's not the answer to the to the issue here. Oh, it's definitely not. Especially now athletes, like I bring up the example, Carrie Price, who really decided to step up and said, you know what, I need to take care of my mental health. I'm going to take a break. And hopefully that has helped other athletes to really step out and create that advocacy for everybody and for themselves to take the time for their mental health. It's important. It's, it's, yeah, if, if you don't take care of yourself and your mental health, and I, I'm, you know, I'm a, a great example of that in that, you know, I went, I was in the, in the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, as you've noted, and ended up with post-traumatic stress as a result of that, which I've, you know, I've documented in, in You Are Not Alone. I talk about that story and the impact it had on my family and, you know, and and now what's not part of that book is now sort of the next segue is the aspect of of uh, mental health and, and grief and how grief can be uh, a contributor to, you know, your mental health challenges as well. And I know all too well about that because in uh, February of 2021, I lost my wife to cancer. So it was... Um, there's all, all those balls in the air that we're trying to juggle and we can't do it by ourselves, And that's why you are not alone is so important is that what it does is it sends the message to people that there is, there is somebody that's there that can help you. And that's, you know, somebody who is, is a mentor who's, who's got some training of to some degree and who can be there so that you're not on the Island by yourself. 
Oh, for sure. And I'm sorry to hear about your loss. And with everything, like you mentioned, you're juggling a lot. And we tend to go into the spiral of how do I get up the next day to go to work? How do I just overcome these thoughts that I'm having these memories flowing through? And there's just so much happening mentally that we definitely need to just ask the help when we need it. Now, as a retired, as a, sorry, a Royal Canadian Mountie during your time, I'm very curious. I'm assuming this position is one of the highest, but also very stressful at times. How do you keep it together? Well, and it, it, it is stressful because, well, not, I guess in my particular case, I had some postings where um, I was stationed in, in, in one particular case, I was in a community in the uh, Eastern Arctic and I was the only police officer. So my closest backup or support was 30 minutes by aircraft. And so that by itself, you know, is when you just consider that on, on its merits by itself, that, that was stressful because you just never knew when, you know, you got a, a call to, to go and go to someone's house. You didn't know what you're going to get into and you had nobody else that you could actually call and say, you know, I'm just, I'm going to be going out on this call. And if I'm not back in, you know, half an hour to an hour, come look for me. I didn't have that luxury. It, it was feast or famine. You figured it out. You learned how to communicate. You learned a number of different tools and that to have in your toolkit, so to speak, so that you could actually deal with that and minimize the amount of risk that you were uh, having to deal with. I I also saw firsthand what it can do, what stress can do to your health. I, I remember my uh, when I came out of Northern British Columbia, I uh, went in with uh, normal colored hair. And when I came out, I had huge patches of gray hair, which was attributed to the stress that I was operating under where I was, once again, for the most part, I was the only police officer in that community. And I, and I was in that capacity for 19 months with minimal, if any, uh, backup or support. Wow. That's crazy. And, you know, thank you for your service because uh, having this job position is rewarding, but also like you mentioned, a lot is, you got to put a lot into it. And when you retired, is that when you started writing your book, you're not alone? No. Um, so the gift of mentoring would have come before that. So you are not alone came. Um, gee, that would be, I'd have to think back here. Uh, I would say that it was, I probably started writing that in 2018, 2019. It was, it was about four years. So t- gift of mentoring was 2014. So I would say, about 2018, the concept, the idea had started to percolate. And so then I was um, coming up with different ideas and thoughts and stuff like that. And I remember, um, actually, I had a friend of mine, and we went to a coffee shop and spread uh, recipe cards out on the table and started to write ideas of what the book would look like, and what would be in uh, under what chapter and all that sort of stuff. And, and and that got that sort of got us going. That gave us the framework to start to to do the writing in that for it. Um, 
and I learned some stuff. I, I, you know, I learned that it's not the easiest task in the world to write a book, especially if you're trying to do it off your dining room table and still do your normal job as well, because the distractions and stuff that kept pulling me away only made it more difficult for me to get into that creative place where I could actually continue to write. And, and I'm actually, I'm, I've started my next book and I actually went away for a week to get it started. I rented a place and someplace away from everybody. And, and that's all I did for five days was think and write. And you do need that quiet space to really think and write because it's not easy. How do you keep yourself going when it comes to writing your books? Because again, you mentioned you you worked and did some writing. How do you keep yourself motivated? What motivated you to keep going? Well, what's motivated me now to keep going was being, you know, the Amazon number one bestseller. I, I had no, that was never on the table from my perspective because um, I, I hadn't, I wasn't writing because that's what I was trying to achieve. Um, I'm hoping now I've set the bar and I'm hoping that, you know, when I write the next one or the one that I'm working on, I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to hit that same bar and perhaps even go beyond that. Um, but, it, but you know, what really truly motivates me is when I get comments back and I've, I had one that sticks with me and it sort of keeps me going was with the gift of mentoring. What I had was people said that when they read the book, they felt as though it was like we were in a park and we were sitting side by side and I was reading the book to them because they could hear my voice as they were reading, uh, reading the, the, the content of the book. And it was the same sort of thing that I've got back from people who have uh, acquired a copy of You Are Not Alone is that this is this is like just sitting down and having a conversation with you. It's and everything that you've written about is so powerful and it and it tells the story that needs to be told. And in some cases, I've actually I actually had a publisher tell me that I need to write a memoir and they would be delighted to publish it for me. So and and they get that from just listening to the story about you are not alone. And, you know, kind of like what we're doing right now is we started here and here's where we are today. And here's what we've seen that is that has changed or taken place. Wow, that's so cool that they're they're giving you that opportunity to write that memoir. And I hope you're able to, you know, find some time to do that. That'll be fascinating. Because, you know, with so much experience, with work and everything, you can really inspire other people who want to become an author or existing authors that want to improve their craft. It, it, and it's, you know, it, that's also another piece, I guess, to, to this as well, is that um, it's to be able to give back to the writing community, to be able to say, you know, here's some things that I've experienced and, and you know, obviously you know, one of them was what we just talked about, which was, you know, do you hunker down and focus on writing at your dining room table, which is kind of my office table now, and, or do I go away? And my takeaway that came from, from this is you definitely do need that time away from everybody and from everything 
so that you can focus on sort of kickstarting your book and getting it going. And then I still haven't closed the door yet on the idea that I may have to take another week someplace else and 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 maybe even just go back to where I was or or pick a new place. But I may have to in order to continue with the momentum that I need to have to finish this ne next book. Um, I may have to do that, make that journey again. For sure. And what advice could you give somebody who wants to start writing a book? You know, the, the most important thing is to write about something you're passionate about. Uh, you know, I, I just, I couldn't imagine, I just, I couldn't imagine what it would be like to sit down and, and start with pen to paper and, and write about something that you don't really care about. And, you know, because somebody said to you, you should write a book about this. And you go, yeah, yeah, okay, I guess I'll sit down and do that, only to find out that it's pulling information out of your head, or pulling ideas out is almost an effort in futility, because you're not passionate. And you do need to be passionate about that. You know, and I... When I go back to, I think of the gift of mentoring, and then now I think much the same thing, you are not alone. If you're thinking of writing the book to make money, that's probably not the wisest decision that you, you would make. That's kind of a, that's a nice to have thing that if that happens, that's great. I wrote it because there's a story to be told, there's a message to be shared, and writing it and, and doing it through a book seem to be the logical path for me to take to be able to to accomplish what I've accomplished. For sure. And have you ever decided at one point when you were writing your books, this is not what it's supposed to be like, or I'm planning on tearing it apart and rewriting it? Have you gone through that? Yeah, I did with the first one. Um, the second one, You Are Not Alone, it you know, there was something there. And I think that it, it was, it, it was because I, I was sharing a large part of my personal story, coupled with the whole aspect of mentoring and mental health and all of that. And I found, I found it to be extremely therapeutic, that it, it was, it was the thing that I needed at that particular time point in my life it was the thing that I needed to, to keep going, to keep working, to keep doing all sorts of different, you know, different things. But it, it was the it was the catalyst that allowed me to do that. And had had I not, I I don't even want to think where I would be today. For sure. Oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing that because I've heard so many stories from some authors where apparently one book was thrown out and then all of a sudden their spouse or a friend ended up taking that and telling them, what are you doing? <laughs> Continue writing. You've got something here. So it's, I love hearing different uh, stories of authors that have gone through that. Now I'm assuming everyone's gone through writer's block because every author I've interviewed, they're like, yep, I've gone through writer's block. How do you prevent that? I love to hear this answer. I don't know that you you can totally prevent it. I think you can, and I've done that. I've minimized the the writer's block. And what I had was I actually had one of my mentors um, who 
Catherine that she actually said, you need to schedule, you need to block time in your calendar and, and you devote whatever time you, you have allocated, you devote that to writing or researching or, or whatever you need to do, but it definitely needs to be focused on, on the book. And I've shared that wisdom with other people that are saying, you know, I don't know, how do you do this? Because I just, I just, it's not, it's not flowing. It's not coming to me. And I'm, I'm telling them that, you know, you, you, when the iron is hot, so when you're at your highest level of creativity, that's when you need to jump on that and figure that out. Is that a consistent thing? And does it consistently happen at a certain time in the day? Like for me, I'm an early morning person and I have to write in the morning because by three o'clock in the afternoon, there's no juice in the tank. And I'm it's it's pointless for me to even take pen to paper or take my laptop and sit down and start to write because it, it's going to be more frustrating than than anything else. And the, you want to avoid that those periods of frustration because that's you're going to say, you know, kind of like what we talked about before, it would be like, I just can't be bothered to go through this and write this book. Somebody else can do it for me or something else. But I just can't, I just can't do it. And you need to, you need to minimize the opportunity for that to happen and 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 be able to um, capture the times where you are like i said where you are the most creative and build on that and that's for like i said for me that's first thing in the morning well thank you for sharing that and i hope that helps somebody you know learn from that experience and be able to make it in their own way to go through that writer's block and continue writing and continue to do what they want to do. Now, with all the books that you've got, how many books you have in mind that you want to write and publish? You had to ask that one, didn't you? Um, (laughs) Right now, um, because I have people that will come to me and say, you should write a book about this. And I I keep going. Here's, here's my concern is that if, if, I make the pie too big that I'm going to bite into, then what's going to happen is it's going to sidetrack me and I'm, I'm not going to be able to stay focused. So at this particular stage, so we've got two that have been published. I'm working on the third one uh, and hoping to publish it January, February timeframe of next year. Um, and then there's the, the memoir. And then I think there's one other book that um, that we've kind of been tossing around and, and I'm sort of thinking that it could very well turn into the next the next book as well because <clears throat> there's there's some there's lots of academic perspectives that's out there and my approach is to come at things from the practical side. I, I look at it same as I do from my mentoring. you have, Lots of great articles, lots of great literature, lots of great content out there on the, the, the theory behind mentoring, but you don't have a lot around how do you practically apply that theory. And it's the same thing with the books is that, especially in the mental health space, lots on the theory and all of that around mental health and, and very little on the mentoring piece. But And then 
So what I'm bringing to the table is I'm bringing the practical application of that of, of that academic approach and and going forward with it that way. So I think there's there's probably, well, like I said, there's I have two in the queue and I've probably got another, gosh, I, I'm afraid to say a number, but I'm gonna say there's probably another half a dozen that's out there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I, I'm blown away by the amount of books that you have written and of course what's coming, which is pretty awesome. Where can the listeners find you and your books? Plug in your social media, your website, and where they can find your books. So they can reach me on LinkedIn. So just do a search on Doug Lawrence and it should come up. And uh, there's more information and stuff there that you can take a look at. You can send me a a direct message on on LinkedIn if you so wish. Um, You can also... Um, take a look at my website, www.talentc.ca. So the word talent with the letter C on the end.ca. And there's also a, uh, a contact uh, button and stuff on there that you can reach out to me. And that, that, can, that can be for pretty much anything. That can be, you know, if you want more information on the books and, and stuff like that. But if, if you just need somebody to talk to, if you're experiencing some you know, anxiety and depression and all that stuff. And you just want somebody to talk to, to just come out of the closet and just know that I'm there for you, that you can do that at any time. And, you know, you can, you can reach me by just by email and I have no problem whatsoever responding to your email as quickly as I can. And my email address is Doug.Lawrence. That's L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E at talent c so the word talent with the letter c on the end dot ca and i'll do my very best to get back to you as quickly as i possibly can now the two books the gift of mentoring and you are not alone are both available on amazon.com and so you can go to the dot com site and it's available on dot ca as well um, so you can go to either one of those two sites and 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 find the books there and and then uh, hopefully hopefully purchase a copy and I welcome the opportunity if you wouldn't mind to uh, share your feedback and your thoughts certainly on the you are not alone because that's going to help me build with working going forward for the next book oh my gosh yes please and to my listeners check out all his books connect with him talk to him I'm so happy that you were able to come on the podcast and share your journey as an author and your past work. Thank you so much, Doug. I really thank you. Thank you you very much. (laughs) To all my listeners out there, Doug's information is going to be in the show notes for you. And that's all we have for now. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jessica with the Beautiful Feet Podcast. Hey, it's your boy, Bromar, host of The Bromar Show. Hello, everyone. It's the Coupon Queen Pen from the CQP Moments Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Ken, a.k.a. The Gentleman of the Gentleman Lifestyle Podcast. Hi, this is Stephanie Valente, your local massage therapist. And you're listening to a little bit of everything with Angelica.
That's it for now. And thank you for tuning in on another episode of a little bit of everything with me. 